Good morning, good evening, wonderful people. How are you doing today? Let me welcome you to a new episode of Twan's Truth. And today, we're going to talk about outcasts. The outcasts of the world. The people that don't quite fit in. The oddballs. The the weird folk. The crazy folk. Now I know I might be jumping into this a little bit fast. But I'm just trying to make sure I I, I cover everything that I want to cover. In the general population of the world, normal society has a routine. Whatever that routine is, whether it's waking up, going to the bathroom, eating, eating a breakfast, going to work, having drinks after work, Talking about work, going home either alone or with the wife and kids, or just going out before starting the day over again. Normal society has a routine, they have a normalcy. And anything that comes and makes that normalcy a little rocky, a little bumpy. Normal society tries to deal with it the best way that they can because normal society is on a routine. They're not looking to have anything per se shaken up. Now, if something does come, something or somebody does come and shakes up normal society the landscape of normal society has changed why because now they're not in a routine they're in something new at any time you break up a safe zone for normal society for a normal person for a not outgoing person you do something to them When you do that, normal society typically does not accept you. If it's not something that they can fit into a box and control, they will reject you, turning you, making you an outcast. Now, as you go through the steps... Of being an outcast, because usually being an outcast just doesn't happen overnight. It's usually it's usually steps. You know, is one person doesn't accept you turns into ten people doesn't accept it turns into your best friend, your family. You know, just a whole general concept of people just said no, we can't deal with you. And in families, we call that the black sheep. Now, that's an old saying. And I'm probably I'm going to mess this saying up, but I'm trying to remember it the best way I can. 
If you kick me out and make me an outcast, I will return leading the pack. Now I know I probably that's probably the wrong statement. But nevertheless, whichever way you try to look at it, when normal society kicks you out and you're shunned, been blackballed, you will find that there's a liberating freedom in that. And also you will find that there are other people just, maybe not just like you, but just weird enough that they messed up normal society or normal society couldn't deal with them. They got kicked out and now y'all done met up. And I don't care how you try to flip it, how you try to talk it. Somebody always turns into the leader. In any situation, when you get kicked out of a group and you become an outcast, you will either return leading a pack or you will return as the lone wolf. Stronger than you were when you got kicked out. Now, with that covering it, what makes an outcast so dangerous to normal society? It's because they are not tethered, they are not weighed down by the general rules or they have a new sense of direction that normal society or or normal person doesn't want to go. Now the only example I have for this is there's a game I'm playing right now called Ghost of Toshiba. Probably said that name wrong, but it, when you when you see the game title, you're gonna be like, "What in the world is that?" It's just let's just call it the ghost, okay? Because in the game, the main character, as he goes on this path, he goes from being a samurai to being what the village, what the villagers or the people call him, the ghost, which is basically a ninja. He goes from being a samurai to a ninja, and in this game as much of it as I've played so far you are constantly faced with what is acceptable and what is not so let me try to give you context of the game basically it's feudal Japan old Japan and an invading force has come in, basically killed off the majority of the samurai who protect the land. Pretty much then wiped them out in a dishonorable way. And to the samurai honor is everything. You play the one of the last, supposedly one of the last samurai to survive this massacre. I think at this point it's like four samurai that have survived. 
and you're the youngest one. Well, what happens is because you are a samurai, there are there is a code, there is a there is a uh, set format, a formula, a foundation that you must follow. Okay, you don't strike from the shadows to defeat your enemy. You roll up on them, you roll up on them Braveheart style in their face. You face them head on. A samurai doesn't do anything to dishonor himself. When he kills, he kills his enemy facing them eye to eye. He doesn't strike from the shadows. He doesn't necessarily set traps. Everything a samurai does is bold and in your face. Well, the hero that you play is learning that in order to defeat this invading army, he must develop skills that go against the samurai code. So everything I just told you about the samurai, think of the samurai as daylight. Everything they do is in the day. Okay, when they attack, they attack you head on. When they kill you, they kill you facing you. When they fight, it's going to be a candlelight fight at night. But they will not strike from the shadows and just take you out. Okay, the samurai is, is the sun. Now, the ninja, who you are in this game, who you are becoming... The ninja is the outcast. You're the ghost. You're basically the samurai. Once they learn what you're doing, who you really are, you become an outcast. Now, I haven't necessarily gotten to that part where they just decide, hey, we're going to kick you out the samurai group. But how it's going that's the inevitable result okay you are the ghost so you are using underhanded tactics you are the knight so in this game I ain't gonna even lie to you me myself when I roll up on on, on, uh, territory that's controlled by this enemy force I ain't charging up on them Braveheart style one horse going in alone one lone soldier fighting that whole army. Forget that. I'm hopping off that horse. I'm putting on one of my masks. And we about to go in this thing slaying left and right from the shadows. I'm going to just be honest with you. I'd rather sneak around and have a chance of living than have to deal with you. And your whole gang just rolling up on me just like, uh, yeah, that's, that's a lot of folks. 20 against 1 is not the odds I want. I'm just being honest with you. Okay. So, you learn a lot of underhanded tactics, jumping from rooftops to take down one, two, or three enemies, throwing smoke bombs to make yourself invisible, throwing poison darts to either instantly kill your enemy or make them go crazy where they kill their compatriots. This is the format of the ninja. To use the elements around him to his advantage. What was that movie? Uh, Batman. 
uh, the the last Christian Bale Batman movie with Bane, where he's where Bane says, "The darkness is not your ally; it betrays you, because it serves me." Well, that's basically a ninja. So you, while you sit in the darkness, I'm using the darkness. I'm using everything around me. I'm using the darkness. I'm using the leaves and the trees and the branches all to my ability. Now, at one point in the game, there was not, not, let me just say this about the game. I have no clue how accurate this game is as far as feudal Japan. But I will tell you this. The landscape of this game is straight up beautiful. Like, when you just riding around on your horse and stuff and killing folks, like, there's some camera angles that you'll be like, I know I'm finna die, but my goodness, that whoever, they put time and energy into this game. This wasn't no two-year job. This took some time. This took some long, restless nights. Okay. Now at one and, and the story, the story of this game is so progressing because I'm like, I'm all in this. Like cold-heartedly. Because the story it, it it really challenges you to at least for me, it challenges me to ask the question. Just because my methods may seem right in the moment are they right in in the long scheme of things so at one point in the game where you're, where the, the hero basically is talking to I think his nanny because they had became reunited there was a point where they were talking about a waterfall. They were like, the samurai is like the rock, the mountain. It is steadfast. But the ninja or the ghost flows through that rock. But yet both are perfectly in balance. Now, what does this have to do with an outcast? 99% of the time, I'm not even going to use it up, but the majority of the time that normal society operates, it is steadfast. Whether that steadfastness be operated in from the day or the night, there's a normalcy to general society. And when you become the ghost, the ninja of the night, you are a monkey wrench in the normal operation of society. Because how you think and how you operate disrupts what the majority of people are used to. 
Now, what does normal society look at look like when something or somebody, when people have a general common understanding? That is general society. That is normal. When it's generational, when it's tradition. And when you come along and break up that tradition, it's a problem. When the stereotypical idea of somebody is all that they know and then something comes along or somebody comes along and breaks that idea, you become a ninja of the night. For example, most people that see me, first thing they say is, oh, you lazy, you a nerd, you don't do nothing, you slow. Now, if you don't know me, or seen me work, or seen me move, that would be your general uh, opinion of me. Now, am I slow? I could be slow on some things. But on my feet? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I ain't slow. I may be days where I, I might walk a little slow. Because I might not be feeling good. Legs might be hurt or something. You know, something like that. Yeah, I'm slow. But on a good day, where all my functions are working. Oh, <laughs> what Riddick say? I got one speed. Mine's keep up. Am I a nerd? Absolutely. If it was a badge for it, I'd have it on my chest. I'd have it on almost every shirt. Proud to be one. But when you see a big person, it's automatically, oh, they slow, they lazy. Every big person is not big because they eat a lot of food and don't exercise. Now, obese people, abs, more than likely, I'm going to say absolutely. More than likely, when you see obese people, it's because they have, they're not really doing nothing. And they're eating a lot. So their metabolism is a little slow. Or slower. But when, when somebody slim or skinny seems a big person. Let me, you know what? Let me rephrase that. When general society sees a big guy or an obese woman, automatically they are labeled as fat, lazy, and sloppy. If a woman not obese. Has big has a big chest. A somewhat slim, well, not necessarily a six pack, but like a pudge down there. But her booty sticks out, and she has thick thighs or hips. She is considered thick, not fat. 
But this stereotypical idea of her is for most guys is I got to sleep with that. Do she got her OnlyFans? What's her Instagram and Twitter look like? Are you fun in the bedroom? Not do you have your doctor's degree? Are you a lawyer? Do you have a six-figure income? Are you trying to be a CEO of a company? There was a study done some years ago that said, which is, I'm not making this up. There was a study done some years ago. Most CEOs of Fortune 500 companies are big men, not fat big men, meaning they got what they call a dead body. They got a good on them. Now, in case you wonder, did I get off the outcast? I did not. But see, you got to understand something that an outcast is the framework of something much. It's it's a simple word for something much bigger. When you are kicked out of general society, when general society hasn't sees you and you interfere with the normalcy of life, if you if you're big and you go into a job that has a lot of slim muscle bound people working, they automatically assume that you are lazy and that you're not going to be worth anything. You might interfere with their normal routine because they might take a 30 minute break, get a beer and a sandwich you might drink a power aid and get a four-piece chicken. Because you didn't drink that beer and that sandwich, they're looking at you weird like, what's wrong with you? If you're big and you eat healthy, but you're not the same size as everybody around you, you're looked at as weird. Now, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm bringing this up because it just, it just hit my brain. Okay, those of us that eat meat versus vegans. Okay, for those of us that eat meat, we are in a normal lane of society because to us, we have grown up with the understanding that you eat meat. Vegans don't eat meat. Now, let me just say this. I know jack squat about vegan. So, if I say dairy products or something that's wrong, please don't get offended with me. I just don't know. I'm just using meat as an example. Okay? Okay. Now, vegans and normal vegan society, they don't eat meat. Now, there was a video I saw where a guy made a vegan Chick-fil-A sandwich. I don't know what he used. It wasn't fish. I don't know what the heck the mess was, but he fried it up. And I ain't gonna lie, it, 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 looked, it looked pretty good. For a moment, I was like, you know what, maybe it's not. No, 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 no. First of all, I don't even like Chick-fil-A. I mean, it's 
okay, but me personally, I, I'm, I'm just not Chick-fil-A uh, crazy. Now, in carnivore society, those of us that eat meat, it is normal for us to eat meat. When we see a vegan that don't eat meat, we immediately put them on the outcast side. For vegans, in normal vegan society, they don't eat meat. So when they see us, we immediately become the outcast. Do, do, do you see where I'm going with this? It's like a it's, it's like a message I did a while back. Okay. The only difference, the only necessary difference between a hero and a villain is who is portrayed as the hero and the villain. Batman and the Joker. Okay. Technically, both of them were outcasts. Both of them in their own right were heroes. But because of the general stability of the world and society, because the Joker sought to kill and not save, he was shunned more as an outcast. Whereas Batman was outcast, was made an outcast simply because of the fact that he ran around at night and used the shadows. He turned his fear of bats into a weapon to scare his enemies. Forget the fact that he was a vigilante. Most of the time that you see a Batman movie or you see a Batman story, you will always hear a cop say, well, he's a vigilante. Understand that Batman never did what he did because he wanted to have his name in lights. He did what he did to protect the people, to protect general society. But the Joker wanted to tear down the mask of general society and expose everything for what it really was. In nearly all of my years that I was in school, I was an outcast for whatever reason, because I was too nice to the females, because I was big, because I was shy, because I was taller than everybody else, because I was wider than everybody else. You name it, because I couldn't read as fast, because I couldn't process information. For whatever reason, I was an outcast. Because I was an outcast, I can understand, I'm not going to say I know everything, but I can understand the general mindset of a person who is an outcast and a person who is in general society. Because general society is normal and they feel safe. They have to have that safeness. And when you come along and disrupt that safeness with something new, something shocking it upsets the normal balance that people are used to 
But let me say this. Without outcasts, we would not be here right now. Understand that the movie, The Greatest Showman, which was about Barnum and Bailey Circus, and whichever, uh, I think Hugh Jackman played Barnum, the one that started the circus. Understand that what he wanted to do was bring the outcast, the weirdness of the world that normal people shun on a daily basis and bring it to their face. Without outcasts, without those in the shadows, we would not be here. As a matter of fact, I probably wouldn't even be doing a podcast because it took those who were outcasts in the shadows who came to the light and stood in the light and said, I lived in the shadows. That those of us that are outcasts now can come to the light, stand in the light and say, Yes, I lived in the shadows for a long time, but now I'm here in the light. Is it scary? Yes. Is it necessary? Yes. But between scary and necessary is courage, and you have to choose courage. Because if you are an outcast, alone, fearful, balled up in a corner somewhere, you will never make it. I'm Twan, this is Twan's Truth, deuces.